of course there was this like disbelief and fear like of knowing that this is serious but then also this naive confidence that I'm going to be okay. And even on my Instagram and my author Instagram, I'm writing about NaNoWriMo and I'm like, I had this, um, uh, the thing on your finger that measures like the blood oxygenation and all that stuff. And I'm like, how am I going to write in hospital with this thing on my finger? And then like 10 minutes after I post this, my world just crashed. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie, and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer in the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world and sometimes actually all the time it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother hey guys it's jackie welcome to another episode of these moms write all right so today i want to share a very emotional interview i had with author vanessa marie caron Vanessa is a mother of four from Ottawa, Canada, who describes herself as an emerging author in the fantasy genre. She also writes spiritual nonfiction. In this episode, Vanessa talks about a very traumatic event that happened to her recently, which, trigger warning, deals with infant loss. As an emerging author, it can be so easy to get pulled down by imposter syndrome, and though what happened to Vanessa was incredibly sad and painful, her story also offers beautiful inspiration for anyone struggling with that feeling of not being good enough or that feeling that their voice doesn't matter. So without further ado, please welcome Vanessa Marie Caron. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Um, you are a fantasy writer and a mother of four children? Yes, four children. Nice. Yeah. That is in itself quite an accomplishment. My sister-in-law has four children, and whenever we call them, there's always a lot of chaos, and we are reminded how much easier life is with two children. <laughs> Which is why I'm not recording this at home. Because <laughs> it, it is hectic, and there are a lot of interruptions, and it can be really difficult to have a conversation <laughs> with them around. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure it's lots of fun, too. What I wanted to talk about today was your 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 journey as a writer and as a mother. And I know that you went through, you know, a really difficult experience recently. And we, I want to get to that. But I first want to start with, like, bring me back to before this happened, like where you were as a writer. Okay. Um, when I was a teenager, or at least, yeah, teenager, young teenager, I started writing my first novel. And I wrote that throughout high school. I tried submitting it. Um, I had queried it out, tried to submit it to multiple publishing uh, houses. And I mean, I didn't have any any luck. And then I decided to just put it away. Um, and I worked on other things in the meantime. I thought, you know, I want to develop my, um, my craft and get better. Because I wasn't, I was very attached to the world I created and the characters 
but I didn't feel like I felt like because I, I wasn't getting any uh, acceptance or good feedback about the novel from a publishing standpoint, I felt like maybe I'm just not a good enough writer and I need to get better or maybe I need to tell a, a different story. I wasn't sure. Um, and then I there was a novel that I'd been dreaming of writing, a contemporary adult fiction novel for many years. I had thought of the idea when I was about like when I was graduating high school, but I did not yet feel ready to write that story because I wanted to do it justice. And I didn't feel I had enough knowledge around the topic, uh, which involves um, human sexual trafficking and all of that. Like it's a really heavy topic and I was passionate about it and still am, but I didn't feel ready to write it. And in 2018, with my fantasy novel on the shelf and having started a family when I was, you know, all those things of just navigating motherhood and mental health and trying to balance all of that. Um, I felt like, you know, I'm ready to write again because that is my great love. And I, I want to try to find time to fit it into being a mom <laughs> into that busy schedule. So I started writing that dream project. I started writing again more regularly. Um, and I was picking up steam again and I was breaking through plot holes and just getting words down on the paper and fleshing out areas that I that I knew. Um, and I got excited. Okay, NaNoWriMo, uh, the National um, Novel Writing Month of November, I thought, you know, I'm going to make myself a commitment and a goal to write every day number one, and then yay, that's an accomplishment. And then number two, also uh, strive to write a thousand words a day. And that was going well for the first week before life happened and that all had to be put on hold. Mm -hmm. So you've already accomplished a lot. So finding time to write for that, when you're in NaNoWriMo, uh, you're getting those thousand words, you had this great practice. Mm -hmm. So then can you can you share what happened next? Yes, yeah, so uh, I was pregnant with my fifth child at the time, uh, a boy. I was, uh, the first week of November, I was 25 weeks pregnant. And toward, at the end of the week on, on the Friday of the, so that would have been, I believe the 5th of November, I, I suffered uh, from uh, bilateral pulmonary embolism. So I had a substantial blood clotting in my lungs uh, that I was not aware of, but I just, it was just this very traumatic experience of not being able to breathe, being like, like I, I disoriented because I had fainted and low blood pressure. Um, it was, you know, it was a lot. Um, I don't know how much of a detailed explanation you want about this. Um, I, but like I do go into further depth about all of the details in a blog post that I, I did write because there's so much detail. I think you can just tell us like, um, like I, I think that's great. There's that, that blog post, which was I read and is, is very powerful. So you don't need to feel like you need to rehash all of that. We can include that in the show notes for people. I think if you just tell us, like, just speak from the heart about, you know, what happened to you and like 
what changed for you as a result? So I, I didn't think I had this like naive confidence that, okay, this is serious because I, I, I'm very much aware of, um, the dangers of blood clots because earlier that year I'd had a, a deep vein thrombosis. So a clot in my calf and I had, so I'd already dealt a little bit with that and researched like, what are the consequences if it should, um, go to my lungs. And so like, I was aware, okay, it's serious that it's a very, like you can die from blood clots, especially if it's in the lungs, like your, mm. your chances of survival decrease substantially if it enters the lungs. Mm. So when the doctor told me that, you know, that they were substantial, of course, there was this like disbelief and fear like of knowing that this is serious, but then also this naive confidence that I'm going to be okay. You know, like I'm in the right hand, I'm in the right place. I, I already received some anticoagulant and they, they transferred me um, to um, another hospital in Ottawa, the, the general hospital, um, to the high risk pregnancy center just in case because I was having contractions and they were really strong and, and we weren't sure if it was just the stress of everything or maybe I might go into preterm labor. Um, so I was like, well, I'm in the right hands, I'm in the right place. And I started to feel better. Um, the, the difficulty breathing and that pain in my chest um, by about like 3.30 in the morning, um, November 6th, it was gone. And so I was like, I started texting friends and family saying, you know, I'm on the med, everything's going okay, to be okay. And even on my Instagram, and my author Instagram, I'm writing about NaNoWriMo, and I'm like, I had this, um, you know, the they put that uh, uh, the thing on your finger that measures, like, the blood oxygenation and all that stuff. And I'm like, how am I going to write in hospital with this thing on my finger? And then, like, 10 minutes after I post this, my world just crashed. It was like, I could not, it was like everything I went through that that previous morning, but 10 times worse of just, like, my lungs would not expand and it was pain and it was like darkness. And, um, I mean the emergency teams like rushed in to help me, but I just remember like this, I probably closed my eyes. I know that I, afterwards I've learned that I had over the span of two hours, um, suffered up to 11 cardiac arrests and constant CPR. Um, I know that the amount that was recorded in the actual documentation at the hospital was five uh, cardiac arrests, um, but they also told me, the people that were there said they've count they had counted up to 11, but that they had just stopped counting because they didn't think I would make it. They had mm. no hope that I could survive because they kept losing me, um, but they didn't stop because I kept coming back. Like every single time I would they would lose my pulse and I would just be gone and just do CPR and I would come back. And they were like, well, let's just keep going. So there were at least 20 people in the room and about 20 outside of the room who were crying, just hoping that I would make it. Um, and it, it's a miracle that I did make it. And I mean, they've all told me I was visited by again, at least 20 staff that were there and others who had been around um, and and heard the story and everything and just wanted to come see, as they said in their own words, a living miracle. Uh -huh. um, but unfortunately, my son did not make it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I had, I, I keep saying, I, 
almost died. And I've been corrected by uh, nurses and doctors who said, no, you did die. Um, <laughs> and it's so hard to say those words. Um, and so it's a miracle in and of itself that I made it, um, which gives me a lot of joy and, and gratitude. And yet there's that trauma and pain of having lost my child as well. But it, my heart could not beat for two. It was just too mm -hmm. much strain. And so it, my son, unfortunately, had to die for my heart to keep me alive. Mm. Um, and the story of all of this and this miracle and of the hundreds and thousands, like there were thousands of people praying for me almost immediately. Like this call had been sent out right away from my parents to this prayer line of almost a thousand people at four in the morning to start praying for me. And um, my my husband had call, called some of his siblings and they were all hunting. And it was a group of men, young men, went home, got their families and they all went to church together and all started praying for me. So like all during this time of crisis and when I was in surgery, I was in a five hour long surgery to help bust the clots in my, in my lungs and my heart. Um, they were all praying for me during that time. And, you know, I do, I, I attribute my survival um, to the medical team that did not give up on me. Um, and I know that if I, was, if I was anywhere else in any other hospital, I would not have made it. Um, and that's not to say that the Hawkesbury Hospital is not a good hospital. It's just that they're unfortunately not equipped for that type of situation. And the surgery that saved my life, that ultimately saved my life, um, it's a newer surgery that is only done, it's been around for about two years. And to my understanding, the Ottawa General Hospital is the only place in the area that does it. So I was at the right place at the right time. And wow. so I do attribute my survival to them as well as to the immense amount of people praying for me and the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and I even like I was, when I was in between like all of that, trauma of being resuscitated and everything and like being conscious and then unconscious I remember just thinking and praying like and that's what I, that was what's going through my mind was just praying and praying um because it was just too much it was too much pain it was too much like I just I knew I was dying and I couldn't breathe and so I just I remember just praying um and so all of that together with the trauma, but also the multitude of miracles that happened throughout and since, um, it's just too big of a story that I feel like I just can't keep it to myself. I do need to share it. And there's too much for just even a blog post, which is why I now feel called to writing a, some, somewhat of a memoir of this experience to share with people because it was... A miraculous event and there are so many layers of, of miracles that are not even not even all of them are on the internet right now because so many have happened since and there are moments that I forgot like when I was writing my initial blog post that I was like I just didn't even put it in there and then later I thought oh I forgot to write that but it'll be in the novel like I need to write it and I need it needs to go up because it's just too amazing um you know so yeah, that's kind of what happened in November that disrupted my writing goals. 
but that has also um, been a gift as well as a, a painful loss at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you tell it with so much openness and vulnerability, Vanessa. It's such a, a gift that you're even just sharing it here. Thank I you. mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I almost... I almost didn't put on makeup today because I thought, I'm like, if I cry, it's just going to get all messy, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the gift of crying is so beautiful. Um, You know, yeah, I think we need to take that time and it is often, I know for myself, I'm always resisting that Mm -hmm. urge. Like even at a funeral, I was at, as a child, I remember really resisting that. And in hindsight, I I have so much regret. I'm like, you know, she died and we were there to experience that death together. And so why do we resist crying? Because Mm -hmm. that emotion is so powerful. And so um, I just wanted to thank you for sharing that. So tell me, um, you mentioned a little bit about the blog post and the miracles. Can you tell me like what happened when you shared that your what you've shared today on your blog? Um, in terms of reception? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, it went almost viral uh, in a sense. Um, I posted it and within the first 24 hours, it had been shared and viewed and everything. I think it had been viewed at least over um, over a thousand. It had received over a thousand views within the first 24 hours. Like I just posted it on my blog and then on my Facebook and then word of mouth, just people sending it to somebody else and sending it to somebody else. And then there were people in the hospital who had been sent it from somebody that they knew. And then, and then the whole hospital like, it just spread like wildfire throughout the hospital. And then people were coming crying and thanking me for writing that because, you know, the, the people that were there also experienced a trauma in a sense from the whole experience. You know, some of them were deeply affected. And then for me to write that and to write it with, I guess, the gratitude and the hope that I had instead of despair and anger. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have despair or anger. Um, for them, that was closure and it was healing, mm. especially after a year of, a really difficult year of COVID. Um, there were medical staff just coming up to me and saying that they have hope again and that they were starting to resent their work. Mm. and. For me to have written that and shared it, it just reminded them, like, this is what we do. This is why we do what we do. Um, and that the story, the story that I shared is one that will stay with them forever. Um, so that, you know, I mean, that meant a lot to me. And I, I also wish, like, you know, don't thank me. Like, I'm just so grateful to you. Um and I even have received uh, emails from people I have never met, um, strangers. Um, I received an email from a woman who was grieving the loss of her daughter. And just being able to connect and have solidarity in our grief together has been powerful and healing. Um, and to talk about our children um, 
the ones that, you know, that we never got to, like, who are not here with us anymore and how that's so painful. But then to be able to have this hope together to think, you know, there's a consolation knowing that, um, knowing that they are in heaven and that they are still part of our family. And, you know, they're not just something that happened to us, mm-hmm. but they are, that they are a part of us still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, so, you know, a lot of people, people even across country have sent me cards. <laughs> like I've, I've received like, cards from people I've never met and tell me that their, my story has touched them profoundly and that they're praying for me. And, you know, they just hope that I can heal, continue healing and all of that, but that they, they wanted me to know that my story touched them. So it's like, um, it's been uh, incredible. And it's also affirming in me that need to write this and get it out into the world because it's already through just a blog post touched so many. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's so beautiful to think that before this happened, you know, you were worried about your, like, am I good enough to be a writer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now, like, look at how impactful and powerful your writing has been. Speaking to a writing coach, and she said, you know, writing is about, is fundamentally communication. You know, we can get caught up in the craft and all of that, but really what, what are we doing? We're writing something so someone else can read it. Mm-hmm that's really what it's about. And I feel like you fulfilled that ultimate purpose of writing in such a profound way. So you mentioned the the memoir. Is that where you're taking this voice now? Um, it's where I it's what I would like to continue working on, especially when it's so fresh. Um, but it's, I'm having a hard time right now trying to find time to write and also the energy between appointments because I have so many um I have so many appointments <laughs> like there's multiple different doctors appointments and um like it just fills my my weeks um and so it's to navigate around that and my other my physiotherapy responsibilities and things like that and so yes I do want to write this memoir, this, uh, I think I'm calling it, um, uh, the power of a name. That's what I think I'm going to call it. Um, and it'll be uh, a story of Raphael. That's my son. Um, and you know, the power of his name and also everything that went, we went through, but then there's a second part to the story, which is, um, about me, um, and about how, you know, I have been affected by this and also how I feel like my life has been radically changed. Um, and also, I guess, the power in my name, um, Vanessa. So that's, I think, the, what I'm going to be writing. Um, I just don't know when or how. I did start it. When I was in hospital, I had a lot more time to write, so I was writing. And then since being home, like, the past month, I, like, I mean, it's holidays, too. There are holidays, so I'm focusing on revising and getting my fantasy book out there and then writing if I can. That's kind of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds like a really, you know, a good measured approach. I, I'll never stop writing. Um, how much I write is all dependent on, on life and circumstances, but I like the idea of setting daily goals for writing. 
Um, and I think that, you know, if I make them smaller, then it's, that's okay. At least I'm writing something. So maybe instead of saying to myself, okay, like I want to write this memoir, instead of saying, okay, I need to write a thousand words a day, maybe I just made it smaller. Like, okay, I'm going to sit down for 30 minutes and write mm-hmm. and see how much I get. At least, you know, even if I wrote 10 words, 10 is more than zero. And maybe that'll just be my slow way, my mom way, my mommy way, I don't know how else to say it, of reaching my, my you know, of writing that novel, that, that piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if it's just like, okay, every day or at least five days of the week, I want to write 300 words a day. Mm-hmm. For those five days or these three days of the week, like anything like that. Like I, I feel um, after this holiday season, I do want to, I hope to see more structure return to my life and be able to create that balance. I am an organized person in general, um, but I do get overwhelmed easily. So I know that once I establish a routine, then it's it'll work out. So yeah, it's just about adjusting and adapting to being uh, just to my circumstances and to those seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea of seasons. I think that is a great validation that, yeah, sometimes life is just too, too much. And mm-hmm. it's okay. As, um, as Laura Freena, one of my interviewees said, like writing will always be there for you. So don't stress about it. Mm. What one piece of advice would you give to yourself? What piece of advice would I would I give myself or have given myself? Or would you give yourself? So Vanessa of 2000, almost 22, to Vanessa of 2018. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One piece of advice that I would give to myself. I really do feel like, basically coming back to what I had just said, just to write every day. I know it's like probably like the most overused advice that any writer gives to another writer, but it really is, I think, what has always come back to me is to write every day um, and to, you know, when you look at famous writers, like even prolific writers, those who seem to be publishing multiple books a year or even just to have a repertoire of of multiple novels um, that some of them have very small writing goals some of them do write only 300 words a day but it's that consistency that produced that gets them that novel finished Um, so I think that that would be like probably the main advice (laughs) and then in terms of like the encouragement because there was a lot of what I know the writing world calls imposter syndrome, a feeling like you're just not good enough. Um, so it's one thing to write every day, but then to feel like you're not even a worthy writer. Um, I feel like I would even speak to that to myself and just say um, that you're not going to please everyone and you are always learning and your writing will ne- isn't, is not, might not be perfect Um, but I mean, that's what revision is for. That's what editing is for. And that's what the writing community is all about is when you can connect with other writers and to get their feedback, um, then to go back to it and to fix it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And pretty much everybody whose novel is published and has been a success. Well, their first draft is a lot different 
than their final draft. And there's been a lot of contribution, um, like voices contributing to that finished product. And so I think just to not not get discouraged by comparison um, and to also keep in mind that part, a big part of writing is the editing process and that just get it out there, no matter how pathetic it looks, just get it all finished, you get it written and then you can improve it. And I think that's what I would tell myself. Just don't stress about being perfect today. Um, just keep working at it and you won't please everybody, but you know, if it touches even one person, I think that's worth it. That's some great advice. So can, where can people, um, get in touch with you? You mentioned your website. Yeah. So I do have a, uh, a WordPress, uh, website. So it's, um, Vanessa Marie Caron dot wordpress.com um i'm the most active on instagram that's where you would see more daily interactions and um if anybody wants to get in touch um i'm a huge supporter of uh fellow readers and writers and i love to have conversations i love to connect so i mean send you can send me messages there um i'm also on instagram as a vanessa marie curl underscore author so that's my uh tag um for the Instagram, my writing Instagram. That's where you'll find me. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing this like just powerful story. Well, thank you, Jackie, for uh, for inviting me and uh, you know for giving me this opportunity to even talk about writing. And you know, after a couple of days of discouragement, it's like even just talking with you right now has just you know, revived that fire again and encouraged me, like, you know, you still can do this. Like, just because you're not writing, you haven't written in a month doesn't mean you're no longer a writer, right? So thank you for that. Thank you for this. Wow. So that was a very powerful story. And I have to say, I started feeling those tears well up a second time when I was listening to this conversation during the editing phase. I would love to hear how the story impacted you, and I know Vanessa would too, so I will definitely include her Instagram in the show notes so that you can reach out to her and myself. So here are the top takeaways. You don't have to say something new to matter. All you need to say is something true. Number two, if you are called to writing, you are called there for a reason, and though you might not find that reason right away, it will find you. Number three, Don't put pressure on yourself. At some points in your life, you may be able to write every day and at some points, you may not. Number four, just get it out. Your first draft doesn't have to be perfect, it just needs to be out of your head and onto the page. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know you are all super busy, so it means the world to me that you're here. If you are looking for tips on finding time to write, I do have a freebie resource to help you, which I'm excited about. I'm also going to be running a 90 minute workshop in the beginning of April on overcoming procrastination and finding the energy to write. So you can check out a link to that in the show notes. And lastly, as always, if you can rate and subscribe to this podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, that would help me out a lot. Until next week, happy writing.